Welcome to Science, Scripture, and Salvation, a radio ministry of the Institute for Creation Research. In this program, we want to encourage you in your Christian faith by showing how scientific evidence supports the Bible, particularly the Genesis account. The book of Genesis lays the foundation for all matters addressed in the rest of the Bible. The nature of God, His sovereignty in creation, man's purpose, sin, marriage, family, and why we need a Savior are all introduced and explained in Genesis. When we see that the first and most foundational book of the Bible can be trusted in all matters, including science, it builds confidence in the rest of the inspired Word all the way to Revelation. Joining us on today's show is ICR's CEO, Dr. Henry Morris III. He'll begin a five-part series on five reasons to believe in recent creation. Did you know that there isn't a hint of long evolutionary ages in the Bible? Still, some insist that God used evolution to create living organisms, including us. Can Christians believe in both creation and evolution? Stay tuned for today's show of Science, Scripture, and Salvation as Dr. Morris addresses this dilemma among evangelical Christians. Here's Dr. Morris. One of the more annoying dilemmas among evangelicals today is the effort on the part of a growing number of technically and theologically trained Christians to wed the evolutionary doctrine of naturalistic development with the biblical account of creation that's recorded in the book of Genesis. Various hybrid theories have waxed and waned over the past 150 years, but all of them have unfortunately emanated from Christians, not from evolutionists. Naturalistic and atheistic evolutionists are content to ignore and to exclude every religious text, especially the Bible. Although some Christians believe it's possible to pick and choose the parts of the Bible they would like to follow and either ignore or deny the rest, that self-pleasing censorship is certainly not consistent with the message of Scripture. Every word of God is pure, the Scripture insists. Add thou not unto his words, lest he reprove thee, and thou be found a liar, in Proverbs 30. So why is there such confusion surrounding the account of creation in Genesis 1 and 2? If there's any merit to the so-called scientific claims of millions and billions of years of biological development, is the Scripture ambiguous on these issues as it relates to the origin of life? The entrance of death, the awful flood of Noah's day, was Genesis' record simply written as a symbolic framework for the latter generations to adopt as needed in the light of scientific discoveries? The evidence, both biblical and scientific, suggests otherwise. We'll try to work with these issues over the next several weeks. I want to look at five basic reasons why we should trust not only the Scripture message, but believe in a very recent creation. Number one, the Bible simply does not allow an evolutionary interpretation. The biblical account of creation is not restricted only to the book of Genesis. References to creation are made throughout the Bible, except in the one-chapter personal epistles of Paul and John and Jude. Many of the great promises of God are based on the evidence of His creative power and work. Creation is not only merely an allegorical story intended for moral instruction, it's treated throughout the rest of the Bible as a historical occurrence and is specifically documented as such. The New Testament Gospels record that the Lord Jesus alluded to the early chapters of Genesis no fewer than 25 times with some additional 175 references cited or referred to by the writers of the New Testament. In each instance, 
The incident is cited as real history rather than allegory or metaphor from which we might simply derive a spiritual meaning. Either Jesus was speaking truth as the way, the truth, and the life, John 14, 6, or he himself was deluded, or worse, lying to accommodate the supposed scientific ignorance of the day. The Bible just simply has no hint of evolutionary development. Unfortunately, since no human was around to observe the origins of the universe, we must all begin with the presuppositional belief. Either God's Word is true about the creation, or modern scientific theory is true about the age-long evolutionary development of all things through random processes. They cannot both be true. They are mutually exclusive. Now, let there be no doubt, the Bible contains no reference no inference, no metaphorical allegory, indeed no hint of evolutionary development from simple to more complex life forms by blind random chance. Nature, Psalm 19, boldly insists, has speech and knowledge that every day and every night declares the glory of God. The creation, Paul affirms in Romans 1.20, manifests even the invisible things of God so that they are clearly seen in the physical and the visible universe that he has created. Design and order and purpose, promises, goals, prophecy, all are written specifically so that the worlds that God has made speak loudly of what he's done. Nowhere does Scripture give evidence or credence to any evolutionary theory of origins. Genesis 1, 1 through 2, 4 details the creation account carefully and thoroughly, day by day, so precise is the language that it appears that God carefully chose both the terms and the grammar to ensure that we could not mistake their meanings. We're going to take a short break. Be back in just a few minutes. What happened to the dinosaurs? Are monkeys and people the same? Why do we live on Earth and not some other planet? Kids have some great questions about God's creation, but do you have the answers for them? At the Institute for Creation Research, our scientists and Bible scholars have produced The Guide to Creation Basics. This book contains full-colored images and fascinating commentary from experts in biology, geology, astronomy, and biblical study. Guide to Creation Basics can help teach your children how the animals could fit on Noah's Ark, how dinosaurs and humans could live at the same time, and how God's power and wisdom can be seen in something as small as a single cell. Find basic answers to your child's biggest creation questions. Order your copy of Guide to Creation Basics from the Institute for Creation Creation Research by calling 800-628-7640 or visiting www.icr.org. This is Dr. Henry Morris III from the Institute for Creation Research. We're discussing the recent creation and the value of what God has recorded for us in the Scriptures. God carefully chose the terms in the grammar to ensure that we could not mistake their meanings. God even makes a distinction between creating, bringing something into existence where nothing existed before, and making and shaping that which was created. God spoke, and it was done, according to Psalm 33. God commanded, and the great host of heaven was created, according to Psalm 148. Anytime man attempts to discover how God created, 
using his natural mind and his present ability to test and verify the processes of nature, he's simply doomed to failure. The Bible declares that the worlds were framed by the Word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which do appear. The science of man is limited merely to what can be observed, as well as by a finite intellect which, with which we reason, we attempt to theorize, we attempt to devise various tests and tries to make some sort of sense out of what really is omnipotence and omniscience. We can't do that. Evolution is a story invented by man in order to exclude God from his life. Others have adapted it and tried to force an interpretation of Genesis in which God allegedly uses mechanistic and naturalistic processes to create. Modern man's really good at telling the story of evolution. But that's not what the Bible says or teaches. Not even close. The Gospel of John begins by specifically identifying Jesus Christ as the creator of all things. Paul confirms this in greater detail in Colossians 1, 15 and 16. He's the image of the invisible God, Paul says of the Lord Jesus, the firstborn of every creature. For by him were all things created that are in heaven, that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by him and for him. Now, either that's a true statement or it's a flat lie. We can't get around the words that are there. Christ alone, not natural laws or evolutionary processes, is worthy to receive glory and honor and power because it is Christ alone who created all things. His careful, omniscient, and omnipotent work could never be attributed to evolutionary processes and still conform to the truth given in the biblical record. The simple fact is that God had no need to use evolutionary ages in his creation. The omnipotent and omniscient power of the Creator is the basis for all our trust in God. To anyone who reads the obvious attributes of God and identified in the pages of Scripture, it is undeniable that God has the capacity of creating the universe in six days. There is no reason to diminish the work of God by attributing it to time and chance and Less reason to doubt his written words. The creation did not take billions of years by means of natural processes. It took merely a word, and all was accomplished, to last in its wholeness forever. Faith, which all thinking beings must have to exist in our universe, can either be foolish, that is, the moon is made out of green cheese, or as the Bible defines it, the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Science places an enormous amount of faith in the promise that God himself made in Genesis 8.22. While the earth remains, seed time and harvest, cold and heat, summer and winter, day and night shall not cease. Science, even evolutionary science, bases its theories in predictions and in conclusions on the stability of physical laws. Evolutionary science makes the mistakes of extending the promise of God for stability in this world backwards into the processes of creation at the beginning of the world. Living faith in God begins with faith in His Word. As the Creator, as recorded in Hebrews 11.3, what exists in the world today 
was not crafted or developed from pre-existing material. It was made specifically and instantaneously from nothing but the omnipotent and omniscient special creation of God. This is Dr. Henry Morris. We'll see you next time as we continue to talk about the evidences for a recent creation. Thank you for joining us on Science, Scripture, and Salvation, a radio ministry of the Institute for Creation Research. That's all the time we have for our program today, but we would love to connect with you through our website at icr.org. For over 45 years, ICR has equipped believers with evidence of the Bible's accuracy and authority by showing how science supports the Genesis creation account. Our scientists research the evidence for creation and communicate their findings through books, articles, DVD series, and conferences. Please visit our website at icr.org for more information about the latest scientific discoveries, to subscribe to our free magazine and devotional, and to locate our next creation conference at a venue near you. All of this and more at icr.org.